This episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour is sponsored by Revival Food Co., the naturally good almond butter. Nothing fake here, just perfectly toasted Californian almonds paired with superpowered ingredients and ground to spoon ready goodness. With food freedom, you no longer have to fear keeping a jar of your favorite foods in the pantry. With flavors like vanilla sea salt, chai, rosemary, and more, we promise you'll never get bored. Check out the link in the show notes to find out where to order. Use code FITFRIENDS for 15% off one of our bundles. Hey friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. I'm your non-diet dietitian, trainer, and host Katie, and this is episode 245. There are so many things I love about today's episode. Number one, female entrepreneurs. Number two, food. Number three, just talking to people and witnessing them doing what they love like finding a passion and going for it regardless of what it is. And today you get to hear Rachel Klein, her story about food, about body, about how movement, how all of these you know moments in her life really pushed her to develop not just a business, not just a brand, but really a product that is changing not just her life, but the lives of so many others. So not to mention it's delicious. So Rachel Klein is the founder of Revival Food Co., craft almond butter company based here out of Indianapolis, where I am at as well. She first started making her own almond butter at home, which is still the sea salt vanilla flavor today, because she couldn't find anything without all the added stuff on the shelves and at the store. So she ended up giving it out as favors at her wedding. And she's going to share that story And as you can imagine, everyone who attended said, wait, this is delicious. You need to be making more and more of this. And so she did. And today she shares how her food, how her body image story really weaved into that journey. And I'm excited for you to listen because I really hope, I really believe that there's something in that her story that you may see in your own. And I hope that you feel inspired that when we can really let go of food rules, when we can really step into that truth of food freedom. Oh my gosh, the possibilities with life, what we can accomplish, it's really endless. So Rachel's going to share her story. I can't wait for you to hear it. And in honor of her sharing her story, in honor of this month, the month of April, at the time of this recording, we are focusing on food freedom. We're focusing on getting rid of fear foods, making peace with food. So I invite you to join our free challenge. It's a sugar challenge, air quote sugar challenge. I promise it'll make more sense once you sign up. Just go to katiehake.com forward slash sugar. Basically, we're going to bust some myths behind food addiction, behind food rules. You'll get some emails. You'll get a little calendar if you want to follow to help you make peace with food for good. So I hope you're up for it. I'm going to participate in the challenge. I will share with it on Instagram and I'd love to hear from you if you decide to participate as well. So we'll put links to all the things in the show notes. Let's get into Rachel's story. I know you're going to love it. So let's go. Welcome to Fit Friends Happy Hour, a podcast about all things nutrition, fitness, and life in your 20s and 30s, all from a non-diet lens. I'm your host, Katie Hake, and I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and certified personal trainer. Join me here every week as I talk with interesting people and experts from all walks of life about their relationship with food and their bodies. 
I'll also share my experience working with clients in my private practice to help women find food freedom and body confidence. I'm on a mission to help you stop quantifying and start living. Learn to stop measuring your success by the scale and find your fears. Rachel, good morning. Welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Where do we even begin? I have so many questions for you as a human, but your business and your mission and everything. So tell our audience just a little bit about yourself, particularly, you know, what's your story with food, with your body? Where did, where did it begin? Yes. So I own a company called Revival Food Co. Um, It's an almond butter brand. I'm based in the Midwest. I live in Indianapolis. And I started this company about seven years ago with zero intentions of actually really starting a company out of it. Um, I did it just really, it was a fun side project. So a little bit of background that got me to that point when it started though, was that I was actually a dancer in college. So I went to Indiana University. I was a modern dance major and dance was my whole world. Up until that point, that's all I knew was dance and dance, you know, and I really was just imagining that's where I'm going to do what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, that to be a contemporary dancer downtown Chicago or New York City. And, you know, a big part of my journey into health, of course, started with dance because I became so focused with just my physical body, what was going in my body. And in a healthy way, you know, I really did have a healthy self image for the most part. And you know, pretty healthy eating. My dad is actually an Ironman triathlete too. He's done like eight Ironmans in his life. And so that was always a big part of our family was exercise and healthy eating. However, when I got to college, it started shifting. You know, I was finally on my own, making my own meals, eating my own snacks. And I became quite obsessed with it all. You know, I started really you know, counting every almond and getting to the point where I felt like I couldn't lay my head on the pillow unless I had sweat that day. Mm. And it was getting very extreme. And especially, you know, to the point where I ended up quitting dance, um, quitting my dance major and moving into doing just like exercise science, because I could feel how unhealthy I was in it. And I was, you know, just, I went to New York city actually for a summer and kind of worked with a company while I was there. And seeing in real time, what it looks like to actually be a dancer as a career, I realized this isn't what I want. I'm looking at them and thinking, you know, these people are in their late twenties, early thirties, their whole life is their bodies. And it's very too, like dance turns very, you know, sexual and just like obsessive with, and you're in the studio and you're staring at yourself in a mirror for, you know, eight hours a day. And I just remember watching them and being like, I still love dance so much, but I don't think I want that. Wow. You know, I think I want something else. I'm so curious of like the fact that you were able to recognize and pull yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's huge. And so many Mm -hmm. women probably listening dancer or not can probably resonate with that story of I just imagine that because I went through that as college as well, of like laying your head on the pillow and mm-hmm. counting through your day and thinking, oh, did I burn enough or did I equal out, right? Whatever it looked like. So did you, what were some of those red flags for you? Mm-hmm. Because that's different than a hobby. This was like your career, your life, yeah. your <laughs> everything. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I don't think that I even recognized. So when I decided to quit dance, a lot of my motivation in it was more around like, I don't think that's the lifestyle that I want out of the rest of my life. You know, and I wanted to be a mom and a wife. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when I look at dancers, I'm kind of like, well, when when does that fit in? How do you (laughs) start that? So really when I quit dance, I feel like my motivation was a little bit more like, I don't know if that lifestyle feels healthy. Well, then once I quit, that's kind of where this whole other part of my journey started down a negative path where really my disordered eating and thinking around my body started to come to the surface in a way that I didn't realize while Mm -hmm. I was in dance. Because when you're in dance, it's like, of course, you're watching your body. Of course, you're eating well. Of course, you're working out all the time. One, two, like workouts for dance, it was just built in, you know, like I didn't realize schedule. that I was working out. Yeah. Five hours training. Day, yeah, exactly. And so when I quit, all of a sudden I felt like I was having this existential crisis of who am I without dance in my life and how do I maintain that same kind of fitness and, you know, my eating and everything. So I, that's when I really became obsessed with mm-hmm. eating so clean and just like, wouldn't even let a drop of something unhealthy go past my lips without being like, okay, now mentally I have to think through how am I going to negate this later? What workout am I going to do? Because I ate that a one bite of chocolate earlier. So then I have to run from here to that other class because that's going to burn it off. I mean, mental, you know? Yeah. And my friends actually, we went on a spring break trip and this is where it all started coming to the surface that we went on a spring break trip with a whole group of our college. Like it was a Christian group that we all went on this trip together And I brought coolers of my own food because Mm. I was like, I'm going to maintain my food thing here. And I don't trust all this normal, unhealthy food you college kids are all eating. And so, and I would wake up early in the morning and go for long runs and do all of my fitness. And they afterwards were like, Rachel, this is becoming your whole life. And you're actually not that enjoyable to hang out with anymore. Wow. Good (laughs) friends. Good friends. But wow. Yeah. And I really like held on to this identity again. Like since I wasn't the dancer anymore, then I was going to become the spit girl. And that's what I was going to become known for. Mm -hmm. And so I was just always stretching on the floor and I was always like doing a little like workout and they're all just like annoyed by it. (laughs) You know, meanwhile, my identity and I loved it. I loved being known for that. And it was very ego driven really. Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually, after that, I mean, it's not like I immediately jumped out of it, but I realized something's wrong, you know, and I need to start changing the way that I'm looking at my fitness and my health. And so it kind of lined up with going on a study abroad program that I had signed up for. So I went to Australia, my, to my <gasps> junior too. and senior year. Where did no you go? Way! I was in Wollongong. Did you go to Wollongong? <laughs> uh, I remember I was in Perth. I was on the West side. Oh, that's oh, so cool. okay. Yes. I literally, I think that I picked Wollongong because I liked the name. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the name and it was warm. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like a little beach town, just yeah. like two hours South of Sydney actually, it was really neat. And I think super special to see how the timing of that played out into my story, because I really needed to be pulled out of my college experience and everything that I was going through. I couldn't change on my own really at that point, because I had my pattern set up there. So it was really powerful to spend a semester overseas 
in Australia where I all of a sudden had to start over and be like, okay, how do I work out here? I don't even know. Like, Their where do I find all different. my favorite foods? Exactly. Yeah. And I was so blessed to have this roommate that we like shared. There was like four of us in a dorm room. And this roommate of mine just ended up becoming one of my best friends. And she still is today. And she was so opposite. She was like, who cares? Eat all the food. Everything's great. Like it's old. And, you know, and she was healthy too. And was like, let's do some yoga and then let's go get a drink. And, you know, it was very just, and that's very Australian too. I mean, everyone's just kind of like free living, whatever, you know, don't worry about it. No worries. Right. And that was just so healing for me. And I, then I started getting onto this path of like, what does it look like then to just eat whole foods? Like what is a whole food? Because then their food is different than ours too, you know, in a very yeah. European way, they don't have all the fillers that American food has. And so I think I the started- way they think about food is just different too. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I have an this- Australian friend. We were talking yeah. about this recently where she's just like, your food is just so different here. Kind of just the culture and yeah. how they look and think and the actual foods that they eat. Yeah. So, so that kind of started to shift your perception from, it was like a stepping stone. It sounds like. Yeah, it was, it was. And starting to see just like, Oh, like food was a little bit simpler there too. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, Oh, what is a almond milk is literally just almonds and water and like maybe a little drop of vanilla or something. And, you know, so it really helped me to open up to be like, okay, let me just eat some more whole yummy food, like enjoy food again, really. And it was fun, you know, and their treats are different and all that. And I gained weight, which I probably needed to. And I stopped caring as much because again, my friend was like, girl, you're fine. We're fine. Everything's she, fine. She gave you that safe space of, yes. it sounds like what you probably didn't have in the dancing right. community where body and just the relationship with food and movement was like so normalized. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And nobody was defining me there by my background in dance either. Nobody knew me. So it was very freeing to be like, who am I really? When nobody else knows who I am, who do I want to be? And what, what do I want to define me? So yeah, it was really special. And so I remember coming back from Australia and just feeling like a new version of myself and going into senior year feeling just a lot more whole, you know, and less obsessive and still healthy, but just not as obsessive with it. Mm -hmm. And so I was on a journey then of just trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to do with my life now that I dropped it all. Yeah. So I was actually, I was planning on becoming maybe a physical therapist, which that didn't end up happening. I was a yoga train, yoga certified, Pilates certified, did an aerial yoga training. So fun. I was a massage therapist. Yeah, I did it all. And so I graduate and I moved back home because, you know, that's what everyone who's aimless does. Um, I moved back home with my parents and I'm kind of on this, like definitely still on a very like health minded journey, you know, with all of these like wellness things that I was getting certified in. Yeah. And, you know, I moved back home and I start kind of evaluating the way that my parents eat too. Mm-hmm. and. I'm like, you know, you guys, like some of this stuff, it looks healthy, but it's not really healthy. So like maybe like the peanut butter is just, it's not actually that good for you. Like it doesn't have the right kind of fats or the stuff you're getting has like honey and maple syrup in it. And actually that's like just sugar, you know? 
And so I start being like, you know, let's start subbing a few things out and like getting into that whole foods mentality again, Mm -hmm. and bringing that back to the surface with my family and saying like, how can we reevaluate the way that we eat our food, Mm -hmm. but in a healthy way, you know, like what are we eating all the time and how can we sub it? So out of, you know, all the millions of things that I did that with almond butter was one of them or like the peanut butter. So I said, you know, almond butter is this new fad that's kind of mm-hmm. coming out. And this was back in 2012, I think. And Justin's was really like on the rise. And that was, was like, like the only one Justin's. original. Yeah, it was. It wasn't common. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember buying it and like nothing against Justin's if you ever <laughs> listened to this, but it was just not that good. I was like, okay, it's yeah. kind of pasty kind of bland. And that became true of pretty much every other. I was like, okay, no, I'm going to try another brand. Let's see what this brand is like. Okay. That one also is not good. Let me try another one. And every one that I tried, I was like, you know, why do these not taste good? And like, why is the texture so like pasty and like pasty is a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I really like almonds, but I don't like this almond butter situation. And like, no wonder people aren't eating almond butter. It just is like not that (laughs) good. And so I just started making my own at home in a food processor and I would play around with different recipes to try to find one that I was like, how can I do this without? Cause at first I would make it like maple syrup and honey. And it was just almost too sweet. I'm like, I don't really, why does it need to have that sweetener in it? Because if I'm eating this to be healthy, it should be truly healthy. And that's become a very like strong pillar of mine going into mm-hmm. everything with revival has been, you know, I just hate the idea that so many people are being tricked in a way, like mm-hmm. with within natural and healthy and organic foods that it, they're kind of being tricked by the, yeah. the whole gimmick of it all when something, when it's not actually truly good for you at its core or the labels. Um, so that's why I started making that the whole right. labels of what is, and I'm sure you can probably speak to this, you know, being on the industry oh, yeah. side of just what's actually required for a product mm-hmm. to be called natural or organic. Yes. And what do those labels even mean? And so when people do, you know, that's a big step of the intuitive eating process is yeah. that gentle nutrition, right. And starting to look at nutrition from a mm-hmm. lens of this is one aspect of how I'm going to make a decision around food, but being informed. I almost say it's like informed eating a little bit, right? It's one factor, but it's not the only factor. So, so you started making it in your kitchen, playing around with all these recipes. Yeah. So I found one recipe that was great. I was like, man, this one is good. It's like, it was the dry roasted almonds. I tried all different kinds of almonds, dry roasted with a little bit of coconut oil in there so that it doesn't stick to the roof of your mouth, mm-hmm. a bit of pink Himalayan sea salt. So you've got like the minerals from it, but also a little, I just like that little like hint of a saltiness to it yeah. brings out the flavor and a bit of vanilla bean. Well, I used vanilla extract at the time because I didn't even know what vanilla beans were, but now I do. Yeah. So we use vanilla bean powder in ours and it just gives it this little hint of sweetness, but not too much, like just enough to kind of accentuate the almonds. And so then that became like my go-to recipe. And I would make it every week because, you know, my dad at being again, this triathlete, he's eating so much of it all the time. <laughs> and yeah. we just put it on everything. And so it became kind of like my thing, like yeah. this almond butter was just like my favorite thing to make for the family. And so fast forward a little bit, I got engaged. Um, my husband and I were like trying to plan the wedding, all this stuff. I'm like, man, wedding favors are so lame. What am I going to do for, for our wedding favors? 
So I decide, oh my gosh, I'll do my almond butter. I'll just do these little <laughs> jars. Such a, <laughs> so, such a, like, I love that yeah. just mindset. And it, I think it speaks so much to like who you are as a person. Like, yeah, I'll just make it no big deal. Like, oh yeah, that's when my you're whole planning life. a wedding. It's like, <laughs> I could do that. It's like true entrepreneur yeah. right there of like, I'll figure oh, it out. Yeah. Deal. <laughs> And we have like 300 guests too. Yeah. And of course, in my mind, it's like the week of the wedding and I put my cousin and I to work. I'm like, all right, we've got to put all these almond butter jars together. And like I so hand wrote on each one from the kitchen of the bride. And I mean, it's so funny, but it's fun. Now I can look back on those photos from the wedding. I'm like, there it is. That's where it started. So after the wedding, it was so funny because I would get so many people coming up to me. They're like, wait, you made that. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I took 10 off the table and I've never had almond butter like that before. That was amazing. And just so much ridiculous, positive feedback Yeah, that I was like, wow, that's thank you. Cool. Okay. It was just fun. Yeah. yeah, And they're like, you should really sell this. And I'm like, I don't, okay, probably not, (laughs) but thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, so you've heard my story. Like I had no Mm. experience in business, no experience in CPG. I had no idea what CPG meant. If nobody knows what that means listening, it's consumer packaged goods. That's basically the whole food and beverage and beauty industry, everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I probably won't do that, but I'm going to like, I'm going to do my yoga thing. I'm going to, I was, I wanted to open up a yoga studio, all yeah. that jazz. So, but we were living in Louisville at the time when we moved up to Indianapolis and I just was feeling super unmotivated to do all these other things because I had been working like 10 jobs for about two years. Wearing your fitness. Yeah. For people listening, the fitness industry is like, yeah, you you can't necessarily, you can't, or you can't, but it is challenging to have basically survive on a yoga instructor, just an instructor income. Yeah. Hours are crazy. So it's very normal to work multiple things. Yes. Yeah. You have to basically supplement and you're not getting health insurance. You're not getting, you know, a normal schedule. You're subbing for people. You're just Mm -hmm. all over the place. And as you know, a newly married wife, I was like, this is not working. How am I going to make my husband's meals every night? You know? Yeah. So I was just like, let's, I'm going to put a break on it and just maybe try something different. So my sweet husband was like, why don't you just try the almond butter thing? You know, you are, you're good at doing it and just try it and see what happens. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'll try it and see. So I just started asking around. I went to like a bunch of local vendors that were here in Indianapolis and would just be like, can I sit with you and ask you 10 million questions? Like, what is a commercial kitchen? How do I get one certified? What is a jar? Like, how do I put it in a jar? I mean, just the basic, basic, basics. And so it's been very slow, you know, just organic growth of like, I had my one flavor, then I would play in the kitchen and make another flavor and started selling it at the farmer's markets, got into one store, then one more store. And then like 11 stores locally had it in there. And it was like, wow. This is working. People are actually yeah. people buying are buying it, it and yeah. loving it. Yes. And I didn't put very much money into it at all. So of course, you know, it's not like I started with some investment fund to be like, let's go. I mean, my husband is very business minded and conservative when it comes to, you know, business and the way that you're you know, using your money. He's like, Rachel, just make sure that it sells first. Mm-hmm. You know, get it to sell. And then the more sales you get, then you can put a little bit more money into maybe marketing or your labels and just incrementally work yourself up. 
which was mm-hmm. great advice because if anyone's listening and that started a business, you're kind of like the beginning days, you get so excited and you're like, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to spend $30,000 on branding. All, yes. the, all the fun <laughs> stuff. Like, that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you can get really caught up in it all. And I kind of was like painfully slowing myself down. Like, all right, one step mm-hmm. at a time. I'm going to man- manage my own website. I'll, you know, just do it all because really at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if nobody's buying it. Right. So we did that for a bit, did the farmer's markets, ended up bringing one person on to help make the product because it was starting to become a lot for me to do all of it. And then we got our, my first taste into like real business with it was I got offered, um, I, well, I went to a, I went to a, um, essentially an interview that was like an open call interview for this new grocery store that was coming into town called market district. Oh, um, so, I love that store. Yeah. So market, I had no idea what it was. I got a call <laughs> from, I got a call from like the buyer of the store to my, and left a voicemail. And he was like, Hey, I found your product at a local store. I want you to come and present it to us. Be there at 7am tomorrow. I was like, number one, I'd be like, this sounds what is market dish. (laughs) I thought it was, I was like, what is this? And I called him back and he's like, yeah, no, this is legit. You should come. And I'm like, all right. And I've since told this man, he changed my life because he really did. I show up. I have no idea what I'm doing. None. I have my box full of jars. I have like a printout that I put together right before I left. That was just like my name and contact info basically. (laughs) And they're like sitting down and this is basically the way that my whole business is operated. I go and I'm, you know, sit down and I open the jars. I start explaining to them like how I have these flavors, what makes it different. And they're like, wow, this is actually, wow, like really amazing. We've never had almond butter like this before. Like it actually tastes good. And wow, I love these flavors. And that's super cool. Like you do this all yourself. And I'm like, yep. They're like, so if we get you into the store, will you be able to support it? Like, can you keep providing the product? And I said, yep. They're like, okay, well, what's your current <laughs> You're operation? Like, sure. I'll figure yes. it out. <laughs> yeah. They're like, do you have like help? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I've got a little bit of help. Which is like my husband and this poor like, girl that has started working for me. Technically, <laughs> exactly. technically, I have help. I can find help. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, we want you to work with the distributor. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what a distributor is, like what that means. Yeah. So they introduced me to this other like group that they're like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, we're going to get you all up and running. I'm like, okay, great. They're like, so I guess well, this is a go. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. I wow. am just, I leave and I'm like, I don't know what that just was and what just happened, but <laughs> like, cool. oh shit, let's oh, see shit. What what's happening. Let's exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, good thing I wore my nice jeans. Right. <laughs> um, so it kind of all started rolling from there where I, you know, started having meetings with these groups and learning more about what I needed to do. We had like a month later, maybe a few months later, it launched into about 250 stores with Kroger. I got into that one market district store and then 250 Kroger stores, which were no longer in those, but it was like this local program. And so suddenly I'm like, here we go. This is all happening. Oh, and on top of that, I got pregnant too, which we were planning on. We were like, let's get pregnant. This is so fun. I didn't even think like, is this going to be a problem? No, I couldn't even think about I want it all. The company growing like that. Yeah. Right. No way. And so that basically kind of rode that way for a, a while where it was 
me managing these local distributors and getting into a few more local stores and kind of growing our company slowly and surely to be like, all right, this is a legitimate brand now. And I guess I'm in it, you know, like we're really doing this thing and I'm not going to stop. But yeah, so it was wild to see this like start to shift and change into a full thriving business. And meanwhile, I had our first son, then I got pregnant a year and a half later with our second son. And, you know, fast forward up to 2019, I'm pregnant with our third. And I've been doing this thing for a while now, you know, managing farmers markets, managing local places, our distributors, and the Mm -hmm. whole operation, our production was here in Indy. And I'm just like, okay, number one, I'm making no money. Number two, I'm exhausted. And number three, I'm pregnant. Like, how is this going to work? I just, what do I do? Suddenly yeah. Lost vision. Yeah. I'm like, where mm-hmm. are we going? How mm-hmm. does this, how does this start working? Mm-hmm. You know, when does this start turning and becoming something that really like supports our family mm-hmm. and doesn't take more than it's giving of mm-hmm. me and my time and my energy. So I basically decided I was going to go to this big trade show uh, invest more money than I'd ever put into anything with revival, which was going to this trade show. It's like 10 grand total to do basically mm-hmm. everything for it. Mm-hmm. And I go in there with this mindset thinking, all right, well, this is it. If I go into this and get some major retailer that says, yes, I'll keep going. And I'm going to, that'll help me scale up. I'll get a manufacturer. I'm going to get myself out of the daily grind of the business. Yeah, and I'll do it. I'll go all the way. But then, or if that doesn't work out, I'm just going to dial it all back in and just like sell it online to people that love it, you know, Mm -hmm. just keep it very small. And so I go to this trade show, set up my booth, you know, again, kept it very scrappy. I returned, I bought everything from Ikea and returned it afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And brought my best friends with me. I'm like, you're my salespeople. We're doing this yeah. thing. And now at this point, I'm like 20 weeks pregnant, like very obviously pregnant. And I put everything out there and I walked around and tasted all the other almond butters and tried to like meet a bunch of the other brands. And most other brand owners that have the same product are not friendly. Number one, like that's something that I've learned in the process. I'm like, oh, hey, let's like, we're going to stay in each other's world. Like let's collaboration you know, over competition kind of yes yeah. yeah well that is not the way this industry works when it comes to like the same product it is a very interesting almond butter i was like okay i guess you don't want to be my friend like that's fine, that's fine. goodbye um, yeah but i think that too i also felt like i wasn't even the competition to me i was going in there like who cares who I am? You don't know. Like I am so small compared to all of you. So Mm -hmm. don't worry about it. And in their mindset, maybe they're like, you could be taking my spot on the shelf in a very real way. And I just didn't even think that was a possibility. The uh, naive thinking is. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm just this little girl from Indiana showing up here to like make some friends. But it turned out I ended up meeting the buyer from Walmart. She came to my booth she was like in her thirties, just got it instantly. She was like, I love it. I love this. I'm obsessed with this flavor. Like, you know, where are you from? What is this? Who are you? Mm -hmm. And so we started the conversation to see, you know, I just saw, I'm like, okay, this is it. This is my opportunity. Like Walmart wasn't what I expected because in my mind, I'm thinking 
whole foods and, you know, all the natural channels. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I mean, there's so much about that that I've learned and I still want to be in those natural channels, but they require, they take so much of you when you, mm-hmm. as a brand, when you go into these natural channels, they want everything for, they want to free products for all of their stores. They want you to give all these discounts. It's like, they know that they have the power to grow yeah. you and to like change your, change your life essentially with partnering mm-hmm. with them. So they take a lot in exchange right? and versus the, the Walmart system is actually really beautiful that they are, you know, it's a very simple, you have, you know, EDLP everyday low price mm-hmm. um, where it's just like, it is what it is. You can't yeah. do much with promoting. You can't do much with like sales and stuff. It's kind of like you're there and you, you're there. You know, yeah, but it makes also, it accessible to people though, too. That's the thing. Like, that's what I started loving about it is that I'm like, it is actually the everyday person. This is mm-hmm. America right here, you know? And so they ended up putting our product into a thousand stores. Wow. With Walmart, which was obviously like a way. Yeah. So the trade show done. worked. <laughs> the trade show worked. I was like, I guess we're going to blow this thing up. Let's wow. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, here I am coming from farmers markets and doing it in my kitchen just probably four or five years before that. And then now I'm meeting with a manufacturer in California where we made a hundred thousand jars, a full two truckloads for my my first order full of my almond butter. I was like, what is happening? Like just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. So of course I had a lot to learn um, and I'm still learning and the journey has been incredible, but it's been so cool to see it start to shift where it turned into something that I never even expected, you know, that it turned into this beautiful business that I just fell in love with and this community that I fell in love with, where now I get to impact so many people's lives on a daily basis where revival is so much more than just another brand on the shelf. Yeah. Where did the name come from? Oh yeah. So, well, that's part of, it's obviously a big part of the story. So the first name was pure and good foods. Was mm-hmm. my first name that I started with, which you know basically speaks for itself. But that was my intention was to create something that was truly pure and truly good, tasted mm-hmm. good, was pure and good for you, you know. And I'm like, that's a great name. We'll just call yeah. it pure and good foods. And it turns out it was trademarked, so I couldn't use oh, it. So uh-huh. note to any other uh, type of business <laughs> owners out there: check the trademark. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. So I had to re- figure out like what what is my new name going to be, and mm-hmm. I landed on revival as this whole idea of basically getting back to the basics but making it better. Mm-hmm. So something like almond butter has become so diluted and you know made with like a lot of heat and processing and things that are just really impure and yeah. adding a lot of fillers and sugars and palm oils and all of that. And so I'm like, I want to bring it back to the basics, really pure, simple ingredients, but I also want to make it better. And that's the revival, like, you know, where it's, we're, we're reviving something that, you know, in its essence is not bad. We're going to make it better. Um, and so adding in all these fun superfoods and beautiful flavors that are just like, nobody else is doing a rosemary mocha. Yeah. So many fun and delicious flavors. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's where the name came from. And I'm, I love it. And too, you know, it hits a lot on my story too, my personal story of revival when it comes to my health, that this, this was a big part of my healing journey was doing this business and like making food from scratch and, 
you know, feels like a full circle revival and how I like feel about my body and my health and the food that I eat and now how I raise my family with those same values. Yeah. Connecting to food in a different way. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously your, your life has shifted and, you know, I'm sure gone through many seasons since then. How have you been able to balance still keeping that, you know, your health without obsession mm-hmm. through both a business owner, you know, a mom, all these different aspects, especially knowing kind of where it is that you've been in terms of your relationship with food and movement and all that? Yeah. Well, for me, it's come a lot from maintaining. I realized because I basically left it all in the dust. You know, when I, when I quit dance, I was like, I can't be that person at all anymore. It's all gone. Mm -hmm. And then once I started revival, I just then became like throwing myself into revival and then throwing myself into being a mom and all of it. I just became a completely different person, honestly, you know, than who I was before. And actually, so it's been really interesting. This year has been transformational for me. And it's like 2021 has felt very transformational for me because this is the first year in five years that I haven't been pregnant or breastfeeding. Yeah. So that feels great. Yeah. So I feel like a whole new person just for that. And I've started getting back to movement in a way that I have it in a long time. So getting back into regular yoga practice, I have a Peloton. And so doing like rides like that, and there's a local studio I've started dancing at again, and it feels mm-hmm. like a reconnection to myself and to like movement is still very important and healing to me. And at this point, I don't have the baggage that I had before. Yeah. And remembering that like i think that too as your body changes after having kids and you know getting a little bit older that i you know i think that there's freedom in knowing that i'm never going to be that person again my body's never going to look like that again and i don't need it to mm-hmm. i feel so healed and whole and accepting of who i am now in this version of myself because my body and my whole self has been nurturing all these little humans and then also nurturing you know, just everybody through my business that I feel so grateful and honored to be a part of other people's health and fitness and wellness journeys Mm -hmm. too. And so part of me just feels like I have so much more grace for myself and forgiveness for my body too, that, you know, there's definitely less pressure to turn into something else. I'm just like, girl, whatever you are, you're good. (laughs) We're good here. And then with our food too, or my husband and I were both vegetarians and you know, very health conscious with when it comes to our food and eating, but neither of us are very obsessive when it comes to like, okay, we can't have like, we'll eat ice cream at night. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, go out and have a drink, whatever. But we teach that to our kids because again, now I'm aware they're watching, yeah. they're watching everything we do, how we do it, how we talk about it. Everything we and don't, so don't do. Feel, yeah, exactly. Do exactly. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wow. Like I am on display here mm-hmm. and they are paying attention. So you know, that's also been helpful really in just keeping me accountable to how I'm showing up for them. I love how you say the word, word healing. And I think, and I'm curious if you resonate with this, but it sounds like so much of, of your journey of first letting go of some of those obsessions around food in your body, but then Mm -hmm. redirecting the energy towards something that not just fulfilled you, but like you said, gave you a purpose. And it sounds like it started with mm-hmm. business, but then it evolved to mm-hmm. so much more. And so what would you say kind of looking back were some of the things that really helped you stay true on the healing journey for yourself? Yeah. 
Yeah. When it comes to food and fitness, you mean yeah, just yeah. like yeah. and not falling back into any of those patterns, right? Because that headspace mm-hmm. it's there. Yes. Well, I mean, I honestly I didn't even realize that I had a problem, that I had any sort of disordered eating until I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. I was writing out my story one time and this was after, you know, like my I told you my friends, you know, they called me out in it and like you know, I definitely felt aware You're that there was something too close going on. To it. I was still so close to it. Yeah. And I look back at my journal entries because I've always journaled throughout my life and mm. I didn't really talk about it that much. Like I talked mm. about leading dance and how like hard that was for me. I talked about my travels going to Australia. I talked about like part of that journey, but it wasn't specific to like, wow, I really had a problem. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to, it was after my husband and I were married and we were writing out, we were doing this kind of thing through our church where we were writing out our life stories mm-hmm. and I'm writing it out. And I started bawling mm-hmm. when I realized I was like, I actually had an eating disorder. Like mm-hmm. I did, I actually had like, and it didn't look like anorexia and it didn't look like bulimia. It didn't look like the things I had in my head, but it was a real problem, mm-hmm. you know? And eating disorder and, you know, like fitness obsession, all of that wrapped in. And I think like the moment that I started, and this was in the middle of me starting revival too. It was like kind of in those beginning days of really starting up the business. Mm-hmm. And when I finally brought my awareness to it and I noticed that called it out, wrote it down and told my people to like, told my husband, told our best friends, it, brought so much freedom to me. And again, like accountability too, Mm. that I was able to say that and be like, this is actually still a part of my story because I haven't recognized, I haven't said it out loud and I haven't come to terms with that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But saying it out loud and voicing it to my people and saying, yeah, I guess this is a real thing suddenly made me accountable to them and to myself in a way that I hadn't felt before that they're able to look at that and be like, Hey, you know, like, maybe the way you're thinking through this situation with like even dinner or whatever it is, it would come up. And suddenly I wasn't alone in that. And somebody else could watch me and be like, maybe for somebody else to say that it wouldn't be surprising. But for you to say that, let's talk through that for a minute. Like, are you, you know, are you making Mm -hmm. that decision because you're afraid of eating that food or is it, or are you making that decision because you feel like you have to work out, you know, what is, what's going on beneath the surface. And so I would say, yeah, the biggest thing for me was number one, like writing it out and owning that story for myself for the first time. And then being able to admit that and share that with, you know, my closest circle of like family and friends. Yeah. Kind of that acceptance, acceptance Mm -hmm. of your story. Mm -hmm. one accepting it to yourself, but then accepting it Mm -hmm. to those closest around us of like, yeah, this is where I was. And that can really bring that healing to keep moving forward or not falling back into those patterns. And I think a lot of, absolutely right. It is, but it's like one of those things, you know, similar to, you know, being an alcoholic, not quite the same, but you know, you have that mindset is like chiseled into your mind still. Mm -hmm. And it is something that comes up without you meaning it to a lot. Like, and so I have to, it's powerful then even now, like I do a lot of daily meditation and, you know, just mindfulness work that is great to help me always become aware of like, what's really going through my mind right now. You know, like even that's why I love the Peloton too, because 
you know, they're so the instructors are just really like sometimes, you know, it'll be know like, what to say hey, to like, how are you? Check in with you. Like you're enough. Yeah. You're you're good. And I mean, there are times where I just start bawling mm-hmm. and I'm like on the on the on the bike and or laying down in meditation or doing my yoga and it hits because I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize that I was going down that path again. Mm. Like, you know, let's recenter. Let's bring it back. Yeah. And so, you know, just being aware of yourself always and never getting to that place where you're like, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't deal Mm -hmm. with that anymore. It's like that's deeply rooted and comes up if you don't continue to work on it. Yeah. I love, 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 love that example for anybody listening. If you're feeling Mm -hmm. kind of just lost in your thoughts or not connected that, mm-hmm. that daily practice, whether it is through movement or meditation mm-hmm. or journaling, just simply writing down and taking time to truly check in. How am I? What am I feeling? Where's this coming from? And just the awareness can be so, it sounds like really grounding as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I, this has been so fun hearing your story. There's so <laughs> much more that I didn't even know that I have loved. I've just Aww. loved hearing and just it's so inspiring, I think, too, to just hear, wow, when you can let go of some of that obsession, it changes your life, changes mm-hmm. future family's life, but also those around you. So what is your vision? I mean, you've had such an impactful couple of years. What's your vision mm-hmm. or goals or what's next for you and Revival? Yeah, it's so fun because like I said, I didn't I never expected myself to even be here, to be at this place where I get to think about the mm-hmm. vision for what the future of revival is and how I play into that, and where we're going. So it's been just so special to see our growth happen over the last two years with everything starting with Walmart. And we just launched into, into HEB earlier this month. And we have so many other stores in the pipeline just this year. And it is Amazing. just... Exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, for the business itself, you know, we've got a huge growth curve happening where we're going to start launching into way more stores. A lot of the independent stores, it's kind of where we're putting our focus on this year is Mm -hmm. trying to get into more of those like great, you know, small chains and places that have a lot of community impact. So that'll be super fun to work on this year. And, you know, realizing that as a brand and as a leader of this brand, I and we have so much influence mm-hmm. and you know impact potential with our community. And so, you know, again, a lot of times when it comes to CPG brands like any other product out in the marketplace, it turns into just a business, you know, it's mm-hmm. a product, it's on the shelf, we're making money, great. Well, that's never the way that I've operated because again, like I'm not coming from a business background. Yeah, I definitely want to make money. Sure, that would be who great. Doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you know, like I've never as we've expanded and scaled up, we're still using the same almonds from the same farmer that I started with 7 years ago. Mm-hmm. And like he and I have grown together in our businesses and it's been so special and that's same with all of my other ingredients. Like we're using these amazing high quality, super pure, like amazing superfood ingredients. And most other businesses, as they scale, they're like, oh, I want more margins. Like, I want to increase my profit here. So I'm going to start cutting that back and cutting that back and using cheaper this and that. And I think that that just speaks volumes to like our missional purpose with Revival isn't necessarily that we want to become the most profitable brand. We don't need to be on every single shelf nationwide. What I want to do is show up authentically with Mm -hmm. integrity with something that I really feel so proud of that's actually going to 
impact people's daily routines. And that's why we did a rebrand recently where we changed Which our packaging. Which is so fun. And it is it's just, so cute. Ah, thank you. <laughs> it's so fun. Like this is the, the whole purpose of it was joy. You know, I'm like, yeah. I want to create new packaging just that just makes somebody happy. It's fun to read. It's like cute. It's playful. It's clever and just makes you happy. Yeah. I'm like, you know, at its basest level, you know, I want to create something that makes somebody else happy and that makes them then feel good from the inside out when they eat it. And I feel like it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of so many people's daily routine mm-hmm. or across the nation, especially as we've scaled. And so with that comes responsibility too. So this year I'm really excited about just growing our community um, with Revival too and communicating more like this, like being able yeah. to get in front of people and you know talk about what food really means and what it can mean to to them as much as it has to us. And yeah. it doesn't have to be feared. Picture behind it. Yeah, it doesn't right. have to be feared too. Well, we love yes. to support not just local, but badass females yes. work <laughs> making good products like yourself. So tell us where can our audience connect with you and, and learn more? Yeah. So head to our website, of course. So it's really simple, revivalfoodco.com. You can read more about the story there and more about our ingredients and sourcing. So you can buy our products there and it has the whole map as well. So you can see where specifically you can buy it all over the nation on there. And then head over to our Instagram. We're just at Revival Food Co. And if you want to follow me and part of my journey with the kids and managing this whole operation, I'm on Instagram. It's the goofiest name, but it's Rach. It's R-A-6-Y's and then C-H. Um, <laughs> everybody calls me Rach. And my husband's always like, Rach. So that's kind of where Love that it. comes from. <laughs> well, we'll be sure yeah. to tag all of those and put all the links in the show notes so that everybody listening can go check it out, go support Revival and get along for the ride because yes. it's only it's only going up from here. So we're so excited for you and so great to connect. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so fun being here and sharing my story with your community. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. You can subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Fit Friends Happy Hour. Talk to you next time.